You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Ayana Prescott. And today I am back with my co-host, Christian Lewis. I feel like I just saw you in the theater. What shows have you seen over the past week, Christian? I feel like I just saw you too. I love that uh, publicists sit us like behind and next to each other at every show. (laughs) I've seen so many things since our last episode, actually. I saw Mm. Arden at the Flea. I was at Music Man opening night. I saw Black No More, Intimate Apparel. I saw Swan Lake and New York City Ballet. And then we were right next to each other at English at Atlantic the other night. Wow. That seems like a lot. It was a lot. Uh... It was a a lot for what I thought was going to be a pretty chill month. Yeah, and I I felt like things were slowing down, but maybe not really, because I feel like I've seen the same shows you did. So English Music Man, Black No More. Wow, that was a lot of shows. It was. Good for us. Look at us going to theater. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, On that note, let's get into some Broadway breaking news. Following a temporary closure due to break... Breakthrough COVID-19 cases among the cast, the new musical Mrs. Doubtfire will reopen on Broadway on April 14th at the Stephen Sondheim Theater. This show has has had a pretty rocky start. They started previews before COVID shut down and resumed in October of 2021 ahead of their official opening on December 5th and then halted performances again because of COVID and now are planning to reopen back in April. I feel like I just said so many dates, Christian, for they this were the, show. They were the first musical that like really got hit super hard by Omarcon, I remember, and people were like speculating that it was related to their opening night party, but like who knows, but it was like so many cast members and they had to shut mm-hmm. down temporarily and then they had to like real shut down and they were the first show that announced like we are shutting down but we're gonna reopen maybe Mm -hmm. and so interesting that it's actually happening we'll see if it actually happens with the other shows that also like took up this new COVID model of closing for a bit yeah it's a it's an extremely interesting experimental like close but to reopen months later um so I want to see how that goes I feel like I feel like even though like Slave Play and Beetlejuice kind of did it though because it's not they weren't necessarily revivals they closed down and then reopened maybe a year later yeah this one 
This one's like same season, and it's mm-hmm. clearly it's scheduled its re reopening, whatever we're calling this, just in time for Tony nominations, very intentionally. So we'll mm-hmm. see how like that whole thing works. Also, the Tony Award winning musical Jagged Little Pill is expected to make its London debut in November. Inspired by the 1995 album of the same name by Alanis Morissette, Jagged Little Pill first premiered in 2018. Oh, that feels so long ago, at the American Repertory Theater before making its Broadway debut at the Broadhurst the following year. Um, It made a speedy return following the COVID-19 shutdown, but ultimately reached the end of its run on December 17th. During the Broadway run, it won Tony Awards for Best Book of a Musical, Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Musical, and that was Diablo Clody and Laura Patton, respectively. Yeah, so a number of shows I feel like are, you know, going on tour or going to the West End. Um, And I love to see that. I love to see, like, the traveling of shows, um, that Broadway is not the be-all and end-all. Yeah, if anyone wants longer thoughts from me on Jagged Little Pill and Mrs. Doubtfire, go read an essay I wrote in American Theater. But for now, I just hope that when they're casting the tour and the West End production of Jagged Little Pill, they cast a non-binary actor like they did in Australia. In other super exciting news, pop superstar icon of my life, Ariana Grande, attended the Broadway production of Wicked a few days ago on February 19th, shared praise for co-stars Brittany Johnson and Lindsay Heather Pierce on Instagram. Ariana said, you were so very brilliant, truly an honor to see and hug and hear and witness you both. I am weeping a million exclamation points, still a million exclamation points. Words simply do not suffice. Everyone was so remarkable. I feel so deeply thankful to have experienced this tonight floating. Oh, my God. Anyone that doesn't know, Ariana's going to be Glinda in the upcoming Universal Pictures, much delayed adaptation of Wicked alongside Cynthia Erivo as Alphaba. So it was so cool and exciting that she Mm -hmm. was there and got to see Wicked. And I feel so happy that of all the Glindas she got to see, she got to see Britney. Britney. I'm just so excited. Uh, I've seen a lot of unofficial videos of Britney, Linda, and I'm so obsessed. I'm Not very the jealous. unofficial video. <laughs> I'm very jealous because Ayana, you and Martina are about to go see. Yes, her we're about for real. to see for real, for real. I'm very excited to see her. Uh, she's also a wonderful person to speak to, and she, I feel like she has embodied this role before. She's she, you know went on stage for the first time. Um, and so really excited to see her. But also I wonder like how Ariana slipped in. Like, did people know it was Ariana Grande or like, cause I would have noticed. So what was interesting is that from the like picture she took of the stage, it didn't look that she was like on an aisle. I've been at the theater a lot when celebrities show up. I've been there when Hillary Clinton saw Sunset Boulevard. I've like, been mm. with tons of celebrities and the like more chill celebrities just hang out like Hugh Jackman sat in front of me at Lehman Brothers and he was just like sitting there the whole time for pre-show but like sometimes the really giant fancy people like run in with their little security detail only after the lights go down and they sit on the aisle and they like run out during intermission so like maybe mm-hmm. she did that that's totally what Daphne Rubin Vega did the day I went to see Music Man. If you haven't been following Twitter, I was 
seated right next to Daphne Rubin Vega, did not know it was her. I had an entire conversation with her. And then she said, oh, by the way, I'm Daphne. And I was like, holy crap, not just Daphne Rubin Vega. But she totally slipped in and slipped out uh, right before curtain call. So I agree that that's happening. Yeah, they definitely, there's there's definitely two models of being super chill or being like, I don't want to talk to people. But it was great that even though Daphne Rupin Vega slipped in and out, she still like was talking to her neighbor, which was luckily mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. We have so many shows opening in April, Christian. I feel like let's do a rundown. Okay, everybody take a deep breath. Here we go. First, we have Plaza Suite, which is going to kick everything off for this like nonstop run. That's opening March 28th. After that, New Musical Paradise Square on April 3rd. Then Take Me Out, the Play Revival, April 4th. Beetlejuice's reopening is April 8th. Birthday Candles, Deborah Messing is April 10th. And The Little Prince is on April 11th. Uh, The Mammoth star-studded American Buffalo at Circle in the Square is going to be on April 14th. The Tracy Let's Play, The Minutes, that opened before and is opening again, but with a slightly different cast, is on April 17th. How I Learned to Drive with Mary Louise Parker that I am so excited for is on April 19th. The Camille Brown directed, choreographed for colored girls who have committed suicide, When the Rainbow is Not Enough, is opening on April 20th. Hangman, which was going to happen and then didn't happen and is now happening again, is opening at the Golden on April 21st. The Beanie Feldstein-led Funny Girl is opening on April 25th. Everyone's favorite Pulitzer Prize winning A Strange Loop opening on the April 26th. Mr. Saturday Night on April 27th. And then finally finishing off our marathon is the Daniel Craig, Ruth Naga, plus a million other amazing stars, including Amber Gray, Macbeth on April 28th. Ayana, we are going to be tired, <laughs> but so excited and so theater-filled for that month. So theater-filled. Um, I cannot wait. There are so many shows on this list that you, I can't believe that you just read out without taking a deep breath <laughs> in between. Breath control. Um, breath control. I'm excited. I'm excited for April. I don't remember the last time there was a month with 16 show openings. Nope. I feel like December felt like that with all of the shows like returning um, after COVID and stuff. But this is like all new, like revivals, new works coming in one month, literally back to back. So much. It is uh, days like this, months like that, that I am very thankful that I live like two blocks away from all of the Broadway theaters. You are going to be you are going to be living on that subway, living in that Uber for a month. We have to discuss some rooming <laughs> things because that that, yes. uh, that actually slipped my mind. I have a pullout sofa, Ayana. It's pretty comfortable. <laughs> On that note, let's get into some casting and show announcements. Lana Gordon has officially taken over the role as Persephone in the Broadway production of the Tony-winning musical Hades Town full time. The previous Lady of the Underground, Amber Gray, will join the cast of Macbeth set to open in April. Lana joined the production in October of 2021 as as the Persephone alternate. So she's not new here. Um, And I'm really excited to see her. I've seen Hadestown now 
I think eight or nine times. Oh my and, god! <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it was an obsession at one point. It slowed down, but I always feel like whenever a new cast member comes in, I have to see them. And so I, I really I'm interested in seeing Lana's take. I've seen I've seen other Persephone's um, that weren't Amber Gray, but I'm really excited to see Laura, Lana's take on this. Yeah, I also just cannot believe how amazing it is that Amber Gray is walking out of the door from one theater and into another theater going directly from Town to Macbeth. Mm-hmm. She's booked and busy. Happy for her. It's also, we were talking about uh, the two main actresses from Selling Cobble earlier at Playwrights now have both been in other shows off-Broadway mm-hmm. this season. Uh, one of them was in Prayer for the French Republic at MTC, and one of them is now in English at Atlantic. Like, I love these amazing actresses getting to do multiple shows in the same season. Other casting news, we have Jessica Lee Golden, who's appeared on Broadway many, many times in Chorus Line, Finding Neverland, Tuck Everlasting, and Hello, Dolly. She's going to be taking over the role of Nini in the Tony Award-winning Moulin Rouge on February 22nd. Jessica succeeds the original cast member Robin Herter, who was Tony-nominated, and she played her final show February 20th. That's at the Al Hirschfield Theater. Robin Herter's been with the show for over four years. She was like the hallway, early workshops, Boston out of town. She's been playing that role for a long time. She is amazing at it, but I'm very excited to see someone new take on that role and get to do that really great tango. Last casting news is that Jordan Fisher just played his final performance of Evan and Dear Evan Hansen on February 20th. They have a lot of different actors who are going to be taking over the role, almost all of them that have previously played the role in some iteration on understudy, tours, elsewhere. So that's going to include Zachary Noah Pizer, Ben Levy Ross, and Sam Premick. Interesting. I've never seen, this may be the first time I've ever seen uh, like three or multiple different actors take on one role. I mean, I guess... Evan and Dare Evan Hansen is kind of an intense, daunting role. Um, very emotional for the actor, I'm sure. And so this would be interesting. It's yeah, like, from what I know, they're not like, the three of them are not doing it like weekly or concurrently. They each have like a couple months that they're doing it, I think. Oh, um, oh, oh okay. Yeah, so I, th- I think like Zach is going to be for a few months and then Ben and I think Sam is going to do it in the summer. Uh, but I'm interested that like, like you said, Evan is such a demanding role, so it's interesting mm-hmm. that they're kind of giving people shorter bursts of doing the role instead of playing it for a really, really long time. And who knows, maybe they are just like building up and trying to get some new great stunt casting marquee name for the fall. Who knows? Yeah, and also Robin Herter, what a queen. I oh. am sad to see her leave Moulin Rouge, but it's. It, I wonder what she's going into next because, I mean, her... If you haven't seen Robin Herter dance in Moulin Rouge, I hope there's an unofficial video out somewhere because she nailed it. She really did. That show is such a dance show and mm -hmm. she just like embodies such dance captain energy, such like a muse for choreographer. She's such an amazing dancer. She embodies everything that like Moulin Rouge choreography is all about. She's so great. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she's doing next. Hopefully dancing a lot. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On that note, let's get into some theater socials. Over on theater socials, there has been this, you know, lively talk about euphoria and theater kids and high school budget. It was like so much. It went over my head because I didn't see the episode. So I was like, because it's being talked about so much, I need to watch the episode. And boy, oh boy, was that an episode. Wait, oh my God. Um, Did you watch that episode not knowing anything about the show? No, no, no. I've always watched uh, Euphoria. I've always watched it. It's just, I'm always late to it. Okay. I love Euphoria. I like devotedly plan my Sunday night around it. And Mm. wow. Yeah. I was so into the idea of this episode being like a very Anton and Arto theater of cruelty mirroring everyone's life. But I was just laughing the whole time at the theater budget of it all. They had a million very realistic sets. They had a Broadway-level turntable for just one scene. They had a huge cast, including, like, a cast of, like, 30 male high school dancers that were fine doing a very homoerotic football dance to Hero, which was hilarious and amazing. Euphoria is definitely not one of those shows that really cares about realism, but they really just, like, fully abandoned that when it came to this Mm -hmm. play. And it just led to so many great jokes on twitter about the set designer budget being bigger than like my salary Mm -hmm. or like a broadway (laughs) budget (laughs) also people were so adamant about the high school theater budget and i didn't go to school for theater so i have no idea what the high school theater budget looks like but i can assume that it was not (laughs) what euphoria had and so listen we were having like one set and it wasn't good and it wasn't changing (laughs) that was it that was it. If you didn't see the episode, I highly suggest it. Um, theater kids will be very happy, very pleased with this episode. What else has been going on with theater socials, Christian? Ayana, you and our friend Casey Mink managed to like break Twitter, both by tweeting fairly innocuous things about the music man. <laughs> uh, Casey joked that the music man isn't about anything. And people got very heated in her replies, like defending the art of the music man about like small town politics and the Midwest and rural America and corruption. And I agree it is about things, but I also get why Casey said that because this production feels fairly hollow, but without getting into that. And then Ayana, you tweeted like, why aren't more people talking about the mini horse in the music man? (laughs) And then I mean, it's the most iconic thing in that show. And then people had a lot of fun, which my favorite meme was someone photoshopped the marquee billboard that says uh, Hugh and Sutton in like giant font. And they like whited their names out. And it says mini horse in the music (laughs) man. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny and iconic. Um, But yeah, the music man, 
I had, I genuinely had fun, not because Daphne was sitting right next to me, but just because it was just like, I feel, okay, this is the hundredth and one time that I'm saying this was my grandmother's favorite musical. I've grown up on this show. Um, My grandmother has probably seen it a million times. And so I I just had fun with it. Also, the Shapoopy rewrite was hilarious to me um, and very interesting, but the mini horse was like the moment that brought me the most joy. Like when it was coming down that hill, it was like, oh my God, if I was reviewing it, I would lead with tiny horse <laughs> and wagon. Like as someone who did review it, I did not mention tiny horse and wagon, but also for context, they made all the critics watch it on opening night and then run home and furiously write out reviews. So I had forgotten the little horse when I was <laughs> quickly typing and filing my review within two hours of curtain call. And someone mentioned that the big horse is from Hello, Dolly. So that's so funny. Jerry Zachs reusing horses in his shows. We love to see it. We love to see it. I mean, it does make sense because the team behind Music Man is like almost the exact same team behind Hello, Dolly. Jerry Zachs directed both, Warren mm-hmm. Carlyle choreographed both, Santo Loquesto did the design for both. So it's like, it's the same, the same dudes getting together and making those big budget nostalgia revivals that love the color red. And way to reuse and recycle. We love to see props not being thrown out. On that note, let's get into a bit of fan Q&A. So over on Theater Socials, we had spoken about West End shows that we would love to see come to Broadway. What is the show that hasn't necessarily made it to Broadway that you would love to see that's on the West End, Christian? This is a slight cheat because it is like an America native show, but it's having a bigger West End moment right now than it ever really had here. It's a musical that I am obsessed with. It's Heather's musical adaptation of the cult film classic. I love this show so much if i go to a like a piano gay bar marie's crisis anything i am requesting candy store every time like i love <laughs> heathers and i just want to see it if i can make it to the west end to see anything it will be to see heathers and i would love for it to come here heathers definitely had a tiktok moment during the pandemic and the album has been mm. streamed a ton of times recently so i i hope we get a heathers moment i don't know about you yeah i don't know much about Heather's, but listen, seeing your love for it makes me excited. So hopefully, hopefully. Have you have you seen the movie? No. <laughs> Girl, watch the movie. Watch, watch the video of the musical online. Go go do that for me. Okay, I will. I promise. How about you? My show is Anne Juliet. And here's why. I am all for rewriting history, um, f- strong female leads. This is another jukebox musical, but I've listened to the London cast recording and who knew that some of these songs can sound, they're literally 90s pop songs, but they sound so different um, with the, you know, the orchestration. So I'm really, really excited for the show. Also, I think it's coming to Broadway. And so I'm really excited that I may be getting my dream. So and Juliet all the way, all the way. It's not the traditional Juliet dying for a man. She gets to live on and rewrite her story. Very excited 
Did you hear much about Andrew Liat? I, I have heard a lot of buzz, but I tragically am like, I'm getting <laughs> admittedly confused because we have Anne Juliet and Juliet and Romeo and Bernadette, right? Mm-hmm. There's like two different Romeo and Juliet adaptations that are both kind of like swirling around the West End, a Canadian production, trying to get to Broadway. And mm-hmm. I, because I haven't got to see either one, I'm like struggling keeping them. <laughs> in my brain but by the time they get closer i'm sure i will have very strong mm-hmm. thoughts about them well and julia is a jukebox musical so that helps um that helps <laughs> thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of what's up broadway you can learn more about what's up broadway at bpn.fm wub and connect with us on twitter at bwaypod network have a tip or some breaking news, send us a message at bpn.fm slash hot tip. And please make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a rating and tune in next week for another episode of What's Up Broadway. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.